Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk Spicy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me wherever you're joining me. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree. But whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the channel, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It was a great NFL weekend. Great NFL weekend. Not because of who won or how they won, but because dot, dot, dot. Um, sometimes you don't need a whole lot of evaluation to know when the product has been really good. Um, yeah, there was some boneheaded stuff done. I want to see if Andy Reid gets the type of criticism that has been lobbed at Mike McCarthy. Um, Andy Reid made dumb plays down the stretch. Um, in the second half, they took their foot off the gas. In the second half, they took their foot off the gas. It was almost like they said, hey, we're up. We're not going to try to, um, you know, stomp on their throats like we did to the Steelers. At the end of the first half, instead of going for the field goal, they call a they call an RPO play, a not very a not very well constructed RPO play. Um, but they called the RPO play, um, and, and 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 if we're we're given credit or blame, you know, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy has to take a little bit of that heat for that play call. But the decision to go for the touchdown instead of going for the field goal was one that Andy Reid made as the head coach. The decision to try to almost not score early so that they didn't give Joe Burrow the ball back. See, here's the flaw logic in that if they score with the field goal, they're up four which means that the Bengals need a touchdown in order to win, not a field goal. So the, the thought process that they were just going to, you know, sit on it and try to score with as little amount of time left as possible was a flawed logic. It was a flawed logic. And so I want to see if Andy Reid gets any of the heat that Mike McCarthy got. But it got me thinking more about it because I started thinking about the other coaches, these winning coaches. And these winning coaches, they fall in line of what we've all been fed of, these genius-level offensive coaches. Um, No offense, but the only genius-level offense that I have seen all year resides in Kansas City. The rest of these offenses are not genius-level offenses. These are offenses that have, like, really, really, really good players. Like, generational talents on them. And yes, Kansas City has generational talents on them, really good players. But you can look at the play designs, you can look at the play calls, and you say, oh, that's genius level play calling. Yeah, everybody wants to celebrate and everybody wants to give people kudos and credit. I'm going to keep it a butt with y'all this morning. I am not impressed with these coaches. Not impressed with them. And as a coach, to, to come on here and talk about not being impressed with coaches is almost sacrilegious. But you know what? As, a, as somebody who's evaluating fairly, it's not that I'm not impressed with them because of anything that they've done. It's not them going out and calling themselves geniuses. It's you guys in the media, those other media people and, and those, those people who want to label guys they're the ones that's going out and calling them geniuses that's not 
Like Zach Taylor didn't go and say, hey, I'm an offensive genius, hire me. Sean McVay didn't go out and say, hey, I'm an offensive genius, hire me. You guys made them into geniuses. And so my beef is not with them. I don't think that they're awful coaches, but you guys can miss me with the whole genius thing. Let's rewind. Let's take it back, right? Sean McVay is supposed to be one of the greatest innovators in the history of man. He has other quarterback, I mean, other coaches that are other under him who have already gotten other jobs. His coaching tree is, is, is bigger than the coaching tree of some other coaches who have been coaching much longer, right? So from that standpoint, he should be the, the guy. Yet the Rams had to mortgage the next 20 years of their of their existence in order to give this man every good football player in the NFL. Literally, they have three number one receivers. I don't know what y'all think, but Robert Woods is the man. Before he was before he was injured, before the the emergence of Cooper Cup as the the golden child, Robert Woods was that dude. Robert Woods was getting the job done in Buffalo when they were trying to lose on purpose so that they can so they could draft Josh Allen and they traded him away. Robert Woods has been the man for a long period of time. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. Right now, as we speak today, the best wide receiver in the league. Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham. Right now, as we speak, one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the NFL. Higby, top 10 tight end. Offensive lineman, three running backs. Not one, not two, three running backs. A defense with all pros all over the place. Multiple time defensive player of the year at defensive tackle. All pro defensive end, Von Miller, Super Bowl champion. Edge rushers galore. Jalen Ramsey, arguably one of the best, if not the best cornerback in the league. They've got people everywhere. They have, and then they went out and traded for Matthew Stafford, who statistically is going to go down as one of the best um, quarterbacks in the history of football, statistically. So where's the genius at? Where did he have to work? Where did he have to work to build this, this thing? Or did he get there, did he get there kind of on a fluky season with a quarterback who was meh? Did he get there then? Fluky season, quarterback that's meh, and then walk into a situation where I don't really want to work that hard to get back. I don't really want to do the things necessary to get back to that level again. So let me buy a team. Let me go out. I don't want to develop young players. I don't want to do it through the draft. I don't want to keep us in a situation where we can have a team together for the next five or a core nucleus together for the next five to eight years. Nope. I want to bring in all of these mercenaries for a one, maybe two year run. And then, and then hopefully win a championship because that's what it is. Right. But where's the genius at? 
all of those guys and the Rams are still not still not one of the still not the best offensive units in the league how you have the 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 the, the goat young genius in the league right flip it over to the other side because Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach he's a really good innovator right yet his offenses are terrible they can't put up any points right the 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 goal is points not we can establish the run and control the ball and all of these other things the goal is to put up points they don't put up points and then you're trying to hire the offensive coordinator to go to another team and do the same mediocre stuff? Where's the genius at? Is the genius the fact that he's been able to get San Francisco to a, 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 a um, NFL championship or an, an, an NFC championship? Is the genius that he's been able to get to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because if you're telling me that's the genius of him, okay. But it's, it's, it's sure as hell not offensive genius. I'm sorry. It's not. They got the best tight end in the game when healthy. Right? Or number two. He's one or two for sure. Right? You've got all of these offensive skill guys who have multiple, who have multiplicity to them. You sold the world that you don't need an elite level running back. So you're just rolling through a bunch of dudes so much that you got to put Debo Samuel in the backfield. And yet, no, no production. One of the best left tackles in the game, yet no production. No points. The Cincinnati Bengals under Zach Taylor in this playoffs have been so bad in the red zone. They have been so bad with putting touchdowns on the board that their defense has constantly built them out of games. Zach Taylor is an offensive guy. If you know anything about me, you know that when you tell me that somebody is an offensive or a defensive guy, I'm going to hold them to the standard by which their game is, is predicated on. So how is it that an offensive guy in Zach Taylor with all of these offensive weapons can't seem to put any points on the board consistently? They have to rely on their defense to put points on the board or their defense to give them short fields or their defense to hold teams to field goals or to keep them off the board in order for them to win. It's been three playoff games now in, in, in Las Vegas, field goals, defense, right? In Tennessee, well, not in Las Vegas, but against Las Vegas, in Tennessee, defense, field goals, in, 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 in Kansas City, defense, field goals. They've turned the kicker into a rock star. They've turned this field goal kicker into a rock star. Why? Because he has to be. Or else they're losing. Where's the offensive genius at? 
And and I hear people today, oh my God, Zach Taylor did this. Zach Taylor did that. Zach Ta- No, man. Zach Taylor was horrible. Got gifted with, got gifted with a guy who has ice water in his veins at quarterback and Joe Burrow. And then drafted his homeboy, who happens to be a, the best wide receiver in the draft the next year. That's what happened. They put a dynamic duo of offensive players together. And then on, on Sunday, we saw it because nobody re-schemed it. Nobody schemed up anything to allow Joe Burrow to have success. They came out and ran, did the same dumb stuff that they were doing against Tennessee. And the difference is, is Joe Burrow said, I'm not sitting in this pocket anymore. I'm running. And when Joe Burrow got pressure, he didn't hesitate. He pulled it down and he ran. Got kept, kept, kept drives going with first down runs. Got them in position to be able to kick field goals. No different schemes. No, 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 nothing different. They had some success running the ball. But where is the genius at? I'm not saying these guys are bad. I'm not saying that they're bad coaches. I'm not saying that they, they, that they don't deserve whatever position that they have. Let's just stop calling them geniuses, though. Let's stop calling them geniuses because this is this is maddening. As I watch through this cycle, as countless other genius level coach gets hired over guys who I think will be really good head coaches, as I watch as these genius level guys get all of these accolades when i look at the at the at the scoreboard and the scoreboard doesn't say points 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 i ask myself what's the goal like what are we doing what's the common play what are we trying to accomplish what's the what's the what's the narrative What's the angle? Something's up. Something's awry. How is Nathaniel Hackett, how is this dude up for jobs? Looking at that offense, how is how are they up for, their, for jobs? Because they, they have a running game? You're hiring offensive coordinators in this league where you have all told us that the running game is inconsequential to winning, that the running game is actually a detriment, you're going to hire that guy as the as the genius to go and do what? Run the ball somewhere else? That's what we're talking about here? Denver just hired an offensive coordinator who didn't even call the plays. And the last time he called plays, he was bad at it. His offenses were, were trash. The Giants hired a guy in Brian Dable, who's supposed to be this genius because he turned around Josh Allen, yet he's not the quarterback's coach. He's the offensive coordinator, but he's not the quarterback's coach. So is the quarterback's coach from Buffalo coming with him as the new offensive coordinator? Because it seems to me that that would matter, right? 
They hired a defensive coordinator in in Chicago where they have a young quarterback who really could like be served well with a great offensive innovator with him. I don't know what the Jaguars are doing with this Byron Leftwich stuff. Don't even get me started. It is bad all over, but not because of anything these guys have done. I have to point out the flaws because you guys are making them into deities. You're turning them into deities. If you want to praise Joe Burrow, I'm here for that. Give him all the praise. Why? Because he's the one that's had to sit behind that offensive line that's a sieve and run for his life and throw the ball. And even though he didn't have the greatest of games, his moxie, his savvy, kept the ball alive, kept them in position, never allowed them to get too far out. Praise the defensive coordinator for the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Praise the defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan, for the 49ers. Those are the guys who deserve all the credit. People have been giving Dennis Allen all of this credit. Give give these other defensive coordinators credit because they're the ones that are getting it done. Not the genius level offensive coach. It's amazing to me how many times I have to sit back and listen to to these, these Jim Nance's and these Tony Romo's talk about what these coordinators on the offensive side and these and these coaches that are supposed to be offensive geniuses are doing. And I'm looking at the scoreboard going, but 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 what what's I don't get it. It's gonna be an exciting Super Bowl. I'm always down to see new blood in the Super Bowl. That's fantastic. But man, oh man, I've got to go through two weeks of of hearing the Sean McVay and the Zach Taylor stories. Ugh. Ugh. Miss me with it. Miss me with it. I'm so tired of hearing it. By the way, if y'all are counting, how many black head coaches have have been hired? How many black guys have been hired as head coach? While, while we're while we're in here counting, before I get up out of here, how, how, that's right. All of those interviews, all of those guys getting interviews, not one hired yet. The Giants, they interviewed Brian Flores, and less than twenty four hours later, hired Brian Dable. Tell me that wasn't a sham. Tell me they didn't just interview that guy so that they could say they interviewed a qualified blackhead coach, coaching candidate. Who knows what's going on in Houston when they're talking about giving a second interview to a guy who's never even coached at the NFL level. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Lots of narratives coming out the next two weeks. It's going to be fun once we get to the Super Bowl. We'll see you when you get there. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Talk Spicy. 
I'm Coach Gene Clemens. We do this thing every single day, not every single day, Monday through Friday. Rate the show, comment, agree, disagree, but whatever you do, keep it spicy. Five-star ratings are appreciated. If you're joining me on the YouTube channel, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, Spotify, like, subscribe, anywhere you get your podcast. Like, subscribe. We'll see you later. Peace.